Window World is proud to present Kevin Keatsman Has Issues. Simply the best for less at windowskansascity.com. America tuned in, no doubt, to watch the Kansas City Chiefs finally on the road lose a playoff game, get knocked out of this thing, so everybody could watch Buffalo and Baltimore play next week for the right to go to the Super Bowl, and the Chiefs crashed the party. And it was obnoxiously Chiefs with Jason Kelsey shirtless, pounding beers in a suite, upstaging Taylor Swift, at one point jumping out of the suite, going out with the fans, after tailgating with all these people and doing shots in the parking lot. Patrick Mahomes was nearly flawless, 17 out of 23, 215 yards and two touchdowns. Travis Kelsey had two touchdown catches in this game as the duo became the all-time most successful quarterback-receiver-touchdown duo in the history, in the history of NFL postseason. And they're not done yet. The Chiefs were not flawless. They were really, really good in a lot of different ways, but they were not flawless. With the chance to put this game away, clearly showing after two hours of trading punches with the Buffalo Bills that the Chiefs were going to put this thing away, they didn't do it. McCole Hardman, on a strange call by Andy Reid, is running the ball on a sideways play at the goal line, reaches out while twisting and turning on a first down play and fumbles the ball through the end zone and gives it to the Buffalo Bills. Astoundingly, like the only thing you can't do if you're a ball carrier is that. And McCole Hardman did it. Later, when the Bills fumbled and the Chiefs have a chance to recover the ball, ice the game, end it, nope, Chiefs are going to scoop and they're going to score on this one. Inexplicably, Chamari Connor tries to pick the ball up and run with it before he falls on the ball, keeping Buffalo alive. But the Chiefs made just enough plays in the end. They stop the Bills on a touchdown drive, and the clock not in the Chiefs' favor that would have iced this game. Buffalo had every chance to score a touchdown and win the game, and the Chiefs hold him to a field goal attempt. That's where it all went really bad for Tyler Bass. Wide right, famous term, in the history of the Buffalo Bills, it was 33 years ago that Scott Norwood lost a Super Bowl for the Bills. Wide right. And wide right it is again for the Buffalo Bills. The Chiefs just win. The Bills just lose. This is how it goes. Three of the last four seasons, it's how the season ended for the Buffalo Bills. They just can't beat the Kansas City Chiefs in the playoffs. This was remarkable. I mentioned the record between Mahomes and Kelsey. Patrick Mahomes is now 8-0. 8-0 in the wild card and division rounds of the NFL playoffs. He's never lost. He was terrific in this game. Josh Allen was very good, but he hurt the Chiefs more with his legs than anything else. He had 50 yards rushing in the first half, only 22 in the second half, and that really was the difference. Josh Allen running the football was going to beat the Kansas City Chiefs. At no point in this game did it feel like Josh Allen passing the football was going to be in the, beat the Kansas City Chiefs. In the end, he missed a wide-open receiver in the end zone to win the game late. And then the missed field goal allows the Chiefs to get a first down and run the clock out. Kansas City wins it. Allen with 186 yards passing a touchdown. The 72 rushing were very difficult for Kansas City to deal with. Nick Bolton was terrific in this game, but it was a hard night to be Nick Bolton. Let me tell you, that man earned his money. 13 tackles in this game. Justin Reed had 11. The Chiefs defense gives up only one touchdown, seven points in the entire second half on the road at Buffalo, and I'll just say it because America doesn't want to hear it. This is the team that everybody doesn't like now. Deal with it. This Chiefs defense is legit. 
I know they gave up 24 points. I know we had times where it was frustrating that it seemed like the Bills were going up and down the field. You are not going to beat the Kansas City Chiefs if the Chiefs give up seven points in the second half. It is not going to happen. And that's what the defense did. They got just enough pressure on Josh Allen on a couple passing plays. Wasn't some big sack night or anything like that or strip sacks. They got just enough pressure, played just enough good defense in this game to get the job done against an offense that is way better than Baltimore's. Way better. Okay? Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, don't even compare the two. In fact, you won't hear anybody say this. Josh Allen is a much more difficult runner to deal with than Lamar Jackson because he's physical. He runs you over. He gets first downs. He moves the chains. They used him so effectively in the first half of that game on Sunday night, and he just powered his way to so many yards, and then they seemed to go away from it. And late in the game, with everything on the line, Josh Allen became a passer. When he became a passer, the Chiefs were able to get the stop. It was just a terrific game that featured a fake punt that the Bills blew. It featured so many interesting twists and turns. And the bottom line is this. The Chiefs have not played a clean game. They've played two playoff games. They're scoring points again. Okay, the Chiefs are moving the ball. The Chiefs have become the team that you cannot give the ball to Patrick Mahomes and expect to win the game. They were not that team all season long. They're absolutely that team now. He is playing not flawless football, but he stopped playing reckless football. There were a couple of passes in this game early. The Chiefs got a field goal in the first half where Mahomes overthrew Kelsey in the end zone, and then I think it was MVS was open in the end zone, and he overthrew him on two out of three plays on the same goal-to-go drive. Mahomes had missteps overthrowing his receivers. But you know what an overthrow is? An overthrow is not a turnover. An overthrow leads to three points. And you may have been frustrated by it, but it's glorious football. The Chiefs getting three, spectacular. The Chiefs having to punt, not bad football. Patrick Mahomes not turning the ball over, good luck beating the Kansas City Chiefs. That's who and what they are. You can see it in his play. Careful, meticulous, Pat Mahomes is just fine with me. It's working with this defense. It sets up a 2 o'clock Sunday showdown for the AFC Championship game. It's going to be a great game. This is going to be a close game. The Ravens are an outstanding team. They have a terrific defense. They run the ball well. Lamar Jackson is not likely to beat you with his arm. Not likely. He throws a lot of passes that are questionable. The Chiefs are going to have opportunities for turnovers in this game that did not exist in Buffalo. Lamar Jackson has been told basically by his coaches and receivers, sometimes just toss it up and let your guy go make a play. They're not a great, clean passing football team. But Lamar Jackson can bust a 40-yard run on you. They can run the football, and their defense has just been terrific all season. The Ravens have the most double-digit wins of anybody in football this year. They go out and they beat people. They were tied at 10 with Houston on Saturday, then ran away with it. Complete domination by the Ravens. This is a good football team. This is the best Ravens team I can ever remember. But it features Lamar Jackson. And Lamar being Lamar is a gift. That game was tied 10-10 on Saturday in the third quarter. Lamar Jackson's got goal to go. He throws a pick right into the chest of the Houston defensive back. And the D-back just flat dropped it. Next play, Lamar runs it in, and the game was over from there. It was just flat over. Lamar Jackson will give the Chiefs chances to intercept the ball on Sunday. There will be plenty of opportunities for that. I'm just looking for a clean game. I'm looking for a game with no McCole Hardman. 
period. None. Andy, what in the world were you thinking? Everyone's to blame for the problems that the Chiefs had on Sunday night. They still overcame those things. That call, that call on first down to McCole Hardman is just astounding to me that that's what the Chiefs were doing in this game. And I'm not surprised in any way that he tried to reach and twist and get it across and fumbled through the end zone in what is the worst rule in football. We saw this a few weeks ago in a game. I think it was a Seattle game. And I said at the time, take a good look at that. That is the last time you will see that in your life because they're going to change that rule in the offseason. Well, we now know the last time you'll see that in your life. It was McCole Hardman. And somehow, somehow, it did not cost the Kansas City Chiefs amazing. Stan Weber's here to break it all down. This is going to be fun. Stan's going to be great today. He's brought to you by Roberts Robinson, Chevrolet GMC in Excelsior Springs. Home of the lifetime warranty. Also, $100 rebates on four tires. Online at robertsrobinson.com with Chevrolet. Find new roads. The Bluemont Hotel in Manhattan is your business destination. Anytime you're traveling through Kansas, you're doing business throughout the state, consider the Bluemont Hotel in Manhattan for all your business needs. They also love to set up business meetings, Rehearsal dinners, parties, receptions, reunions, you name it. The Bluemont Hotel in Manhattan would love to host your group or your business. Log on to BluemontHotel.com for reservations or to speak with them about group sales or some sort of an outing. Right there on the corner of campus in Aggieville, it's BluemontHotel.com. And Ron Buck and his team at Buck Roofing. We've had a lot of snow, a lot of ice as it warms up over the next few days. Some of you are going to get drips through the ceiling. You're going to see ceiling spots. You're going to see water coming through the windows, some different things happening. Time to call Buck Roof and get the free inspection. 913-384-2680. And you will sleep well knowing Buck Roofing fixed the roof over your head. Amazing. The Kansas City Chiefs, six straight years in the AFC Championship game. Stan Weber's here. Let's waste no more time. Hit it. The Kevin Keatsman Has Issues conversation is brought to you by Cross Kitchens, Kansas City's home remodeler, online at crosskitchenskc.com. All right, Stan joins us now. We've got a championship weekend to preview as the Chiefs are taking on the Ravens. The Lions are headed to San Francisco. What a weekend of football. Hello, Mr. Weber. How are you, sir? I'm doing great, Kevin, and doing better because this weekend which is the best weekend in the NFL, two games on Saturday, two games on Sunday. Get just enough intrigue from some teams that are up starts. You know, how can they do the Tampa Bays of the world? Are they really going to be competitive? And then you got the elite teams that are playing. And usually in the NFL, Kevin, competitive game. The first weekend, we watched six games go by. Wanted to love the fact that we had so many games. But, you know, there weren't very many competitive games. Most of them. By the start of the fourth quarter, we knew who was going to win the game. And it was really a dud weekend, I thought. But this weekend, we finally had it what I would expect. Three of the four games competitive. Even the first one, uh, the Ravens could have trailed at the half if Houston would have kicked the field goal. But they missed the field goal, go in tied, and then pull away in the second half. But the other three games, really good. And none greater than the one that we focused in on around here, Kevin. The game of the year so far. And why wouldn't it be with Buffalo? and Josh Allen against Kansas City, and Patrick Mahomes. I don't care where it's played. If we play on a golf course behind my house in the snow, it doesn't matter. When these two teams play, it's must-watch TV, and uh, I'm sure the nation just loved it. It had to be the highest-rated game other than the Super Bowl this year, and it lived up to every bit of the hype. It's a great weekend. 
which puts a smile on my face because we get to continue talking about these Kansas City Chiefs for another week, and the chances of being a Super Bowl champion are still alive. You know, they had that big promotion at the beginning of the year about the NFL having a script every year. They had all those uh, promos where they were sitting around the table and what's the script this year. If the NFL really had a script every year, it would be moving the conferences around or moving Buffalo out of the AFC or something and the Chiefs and Bills playing in the Super Bowl every single year. I mean, if the NFL had their way, this would be the Super Bowl. It is, you know, I remember how the Broncos and John Elway used to just punk the Chiefs. Like the Chiefs could have Elway third and 17. Looks like they're going to win one and Elway would do something and the Chiefs would lose. I feel like that's Buffalo's role, man. They're really close. They're probably, probably it might be the Niners. They're probably the second best team in the NFL. And I say that because I just think Josh Allen's really, really good. But man, you're in the wrong conference. You're just not getting past the Kansas City Chiefs. The Chiefs absolutely have the whammy on this team. They do. And you can really see it in the fourth quarter. I know Buffalo could have won the game. And likely, if he makes a field goal, we're looking at the last minute or two, maybe even overtime. And yeah, at any point in the game, what made it so great is you didn't know who was going to win. It was just spectacular football after spectacular football going back and forth, good coaching and strategy. But I will say what I thought was oozing out of the picture that I was watching and I think played out some was Buffalo was a little nervous. They were just hoping uh, that they were going to be able to win that ball game. They weren't dictating to the Chiefs. I thought that they played the role like that. Remember the 13-second game? They attacked the Chiefs. They were the underdog. They didn't know any better. And they're going, hey, why not Josh Allen? I know Patrick Mahomes is established, but why not Josh Allen? This time, they, I think, feeling the pressure of, is our role to just find a way to put on a spectacular game and lose to these guys? Uh, it seemed like when Josh made some of his passes, he even some that were accurate, he's kind of hoping, like, here you go, just flicked his wrist and kind of hoped that the ball went, like on a fourth down conversion on a little catch or the swing out to the left. When he threw the ball down the middle, could have been a touchdown, right, Kevin? Uh, threw the ball a little short arm, bounced the ball in the end zone. He wasn't rifling the ball with extreme confidence, just letting it rip, going, let's upset these Chiefs. Let's show them what we got. It was There was some pressure now in the Bills, and they're starting to know that their role is to find a way to come up just a little short against the Chiefs. And then on the other side, I never felt that way about the Chiefs. Even when things looked a little dire, people, you know, I think Tony Romo, the whole game, was kind of leaning like, oh, Chiefs, you better be concerned. You better be concerned. And in the last drive, it was as if they were counting on the, Chief, the Chiefs giving up a touchdown and were they going to manage the clock co- correctly. And I was going, wait a second, Buffalo's a long ways from the end zone. How do you know they're going to score? And who do, they may not even make the field goal in this kind of conditions. It was interesting. I thought the Chiefs just kept their composure, played with unbelievable swagger and confidence in the face of, yeah, they may have lost to Buffalo. Buffalo was their equal. Why wouldn't they? But they didn't seem scared to lose. And I think those are important words when you get to the big time, Kevin. You can't be scared to lose. And I thought Buffalo had a little bit of that feeling, like yeah. what's going to go wrong here in the fourth quarter? Well, and for good reason, because they've lost to the Chiefs. That's that's three out of four seasons now that their season has ended by losing to Kansas City in the postseason. I think it's really easy for people to look at Tyler Bass, the kicker for the Bills, and say, oh, boy, he blew the game. He missed a kick. It would be really easy for Chiefs fans to say, oh, McCole Hardman fumbled a ball through the end zone. You know, he's useless. That should have cost them the game. There were so many little plays like that. I remember a play where McDuffie batted down a pass or got a finger on a pass that would have been an easy interception for Legereus Sneed and maybe even a pick six. There were those things all over the field. There was a loose fumble that the Chiefs tried to pick up 
and scoop and run with instead of just covering the ball. There was a lot of plays like that, but the two biggies that people will focus on is the missed field goal and the McCole Hardman fumbled through the end zone. To me, I think you just nailed it. All right, the short arm throw uh, in in that case by the Bills that was an easy touchdown. It looked like Josh Allen had an easy touchdown. He short arms it, throws it short. You should never have been in the position for the field goal. You got to go win the game because the field goal was going to tie the game and the Chiefs were still going to beat you, in my opinion. The McCole Hardman thing, inexplicable to me, Stan. I have no idea why he's touching the ball on first down. I have even less idea why he's trying to twist and reach for the goal line. This drives me absolutely crazy. I am shocked how many things like this happen. These guys are so good at what they do. How do these dumb things happen in these football games? It is amazing. Uh, it's as if the NFL scripted this, like you went back and said. Um, you know, First of all, Josh Allen, I said he short-armed the pass. You talked about that. He had digs wide open on a crossing route. Yeah. You know, they shouldn't have they shouldn't have settled for that long a field goal. If Josh Allen wouldn't have been a little nervous and would have functioned at a higher level, Diggs didn't make catches throughout the ball game. Uh, you know, th- th- there are reasons why if you go back and forth, so much drama, you can't look at one play. But when you look at that play, after the Chiefs finally punched Buffalo in the mouth and said, You can't stop the run, which is the biggest weakness going into the game, I said. Can Pacheco go off against Buffalo's defense? They can't stop the run. That's how the Chiefs can control this game, and they did it. And now you've been given a free gift to be down at the goal line after Buffalo went for not fourth and one on a fake punt, Kevin, like fourth and seven, didn't have a running back run it, tried to have a you know storybook Hamlin run, and he just gets crushed. Chiefs stop him. First play, Pacheco takes it down to the two. What was an incredible game was over. I mean, Buffalo just handed the game to Kansas City, with, what, 12 minutes left in the fourth quarter. They're going to be two scores behind, and it would have been over. But what did the Chiefs do? Fumble the ball to goal line. I, my buddies were texting me, uh, and even my younger friends texted immediately, not how mad they were at McColl. It was, Andy. Dan always says, don't reach the ball out at the goal line. And I showed, as an example, uh, did you see Travis Kelsey hit the pylon and score a touchdown, Kevin? Yeah. He never reached the football out. Right. He never. He had it tucked tight to his body, and he happened to hit it. That's the fundamental play, and McCole Hardman doesn't do it. Just a disaster happens in that case. Gives the game from Buffalo to Chiefs to, well, I guess we'll continue to play on. Uh, so it was just amazing that you put McCole Hardman in that situation. That, that's the inexplicable part is Andy Reid. And I know he likes to have everybody involved and it's a team game and all those things. That was inexplicable to me. And I, you know, to me, McCole Hardman has touched the football for the last time, period. I mean, this is a guy that Jets cut for crying out loud. All right. The, the Jets cut him and the Chiefs picked okay, him back uh, up. Six, it, seven weeks ago. Yeah. yeah it's just, it, it's absurd. And I know Andy likes to incorporate everyone, but you cannot do this. And he fumbled you just cannot have him be your guy. Pacheco is so solid, Stan, and Clyde Edwards-Alaire was fine in this game. What in the world are they even thinking using McCole Hardman in that situation? They go side to side, Kevin. We've seen it for six years, okay? Let me, let me point that out again. Six years, we've seen the Chiefs go side to side. Six years, Andy Reid will point back to us if he's listening to this podcast and wants to respond internally. Uh, boys, I'm in the AFC Championship every one of those times. Okay? Yeah, yeah. So li- live with what I do. You know, and you go, okay. But, yeah, it is, it's crazy. You know, they're not going to quarterback sneak it. But after that run and what Pacheco did against the Buffalo defense that was beaten down and can't stop the run anyway, uh, it was surprising that they went to McColl and go side to side again. But that's been Chiefs football. 
And uh, I know everyone cheered in the latter part of the year when they finally turned around and handed the ball off and said, let's run it in. And with four downs right there, or at least three, it seems like they would have done it. I wouldn't have put the ball in McCole Hardman's hands with complete confidence on a cold day like that going sideways. You know, he's not Tyreek Hill, and he proves it again. But somehow that becomes one of the many crazy plays. Like you said, you did it very well. You couldn't just point to the kicker. can't just point to that play. There are so many times when the ball was loose, the Chiefs had a fumble laying on the ground that Buffalo could have recovered. The first series of the game, Buffalo fumbled. Chiefs did a great job of stripping them, and they end up not recovering that fumble. And then at the end of the game, when Josh Allen fumbled, Chiefs got the game and oh, it slips away. But I am with you. I am not here to point fingers at any one play. That was truly, if you're a neutral fan, you could sit back and not talk about one play and just say poetry in motion. I mean, right. that game, watching it was, it was just incredible, incredible, high-level football all the way around. Right. Sure, Buffalo can't stop the run. Yes, Kansas City struggles against the run. But still, every play, I was at the edge of my seat every play, Kevin, wondering, What's going to happen next, and who's going to win this game? I just I couldn't believe Josh Allen. The first half he ran the ball so well, and they they sort of became a passing team in the second half. The Chiefs' defense holds Buffalo to seven points in the second half. This just in: there's there's two possible games left for the Chiefs. If the Chiefs give up sec- seven points in the second half of each of these next two games, nobody's beating them. Okay, nobody's beating the Chiefs if they give up seven points in the second half. You're just not going to. Now, I, and what I loved about this, I, I mentioned last week, I like the incompletions the Mahomes threw. There was a first-half possession stand. I don't know if it was the first field goal or the second. But he had Kelsey open in the end zone, and he overthrew him. And then he had uh, MVS to, out in the flat to the right open and overthrew him. It was two not Mahomes-like passes. He had a chance to throw a touchdown pass on either one of those. But the mistake he made was a cautious mistake. He overthrew his guys. You could clearly see Mahomes in the first half of that game last night was not going to lose the game. He was doing it too. And to me... It's a thing of beauty. I'm okay. I, look, I, it's terrible. He had guys open in the end zone. I'd love to have the touchdown. A field goal is a winning play. Just put three on the board and keep playing because eventually the Chiefs' defense is going to make plays. I I love the new Chiefs, and I, I feel like you and I are the only two guys in this city talking about it. This is a hard team to beat because they play defense now. Of course, we could have seen Mahomes' magic last night. If Josh Allen goes in and scores a touchdown or Bass hits the field goal to tie the game, Mahomes was coming back. He had a minute 20 to go. It was coming. We were going to see that. But it's much better to just win with your defense. The Chiefs are just really hard to beat, Stan. They are. And I think, Kevin, if everyone that's listening has listened to all the podcasts where you and I spoke about the Chiefs, I've been as high on them as anybody the whole time, just saying, hey, they're not done yet. We got some things to work through, and I thought the Christmas gift we got on December 25th was hitting the lowest point, losing to the Raiders at home. You don't lose division games if you're Andy Reid. You don't lose home games. yet. Chiefs and Arrowhead, 4-4 four and four on the season, not good enough. But when they hit that low, Kevin, they got all the frustration out, okay? You know, like when I'm sick, I'm not going to say the gross words, but I'm looking forward to that awful event at the end of my flu so I can start getting better, okay? and and once you throw up, I have to say it, once you throw up, you're just like, okay, now let's get better. The Chiefs, from that point forward, the frustration was gone. No yelling at the officials. What did Andy Reid say after the game? One of the key things I thought he said, Kevin, the sideline was so positive the whole time. Yeah, That's not been a sideline of the Kansas City Chiefs this year, Kevin. It's been a frustrated group. 
there are a lot of people wondering what the heck, pointing fingers, not so much at others, but at themselves, or why aren't we getting it done? Why isn't our offense high-flying? This Chiefs team has broken through, broke the fever of what the regular season was, of trying to be the repeat champion, and just went into how can we win ball games and just grind. And it started with accepting field goals, not turning over the football, right, Kevin? Accepting Butker field goals. He kicked six in one game down the stretch to win. All these things were big positives that we were pointing out the whole time. The other thing that's big is the hurdle is not very high to be the champion of the NFL this year. Okay? This is not a 10-year average what you need to win the Super Bowl, Kevin. It's what you need this year. And the opening for the Chiefs has been there all season long. There's not an elite team running out there like the New England Patriots with Belichick and Brady who are just going to cut your heart out if you don't play super football. No, no one's like that. And even with the Final Four, we got Baltimore, who's always a question mark. They even were against Houston. And San Francisco with Brock Purdy as the quarterback. Detroit as a new story trying to find a way to win. Why don't we think the Chiefs are the likely Super Bowl champion right now? Well, they got a lot of work to do. They got to go on the road, but why not the Kansas City Chiefs? Because they are a championship level mentality team. They're coming together and finding ways to win right now. And how do they find a way to win? You mentioned it. Patrick Mahomes missed two passes right in a row that could have been touchdowns against the Bills, but he did what was basic 101 football when I was in high school, Kevin. If you're throwing the ball deep, make sure you overthrow him or your guy catches it. No turnover. You throw the ball short, Throw it short enough that it bounces or your guy catches it. No turnover. Well, how about Patrick Mahomes executing on that? Being able to scramble when he needs to. Run the football. Have balance. But wait for Steve Spagnola to make this defense go. He is the puppet master. Did you see them in the second half change up their style? Go back and watch the highlights, man. You're going to see tons of highlights. And the thing that you notice in the second half, Kevin, is the Kansas City Chiefs pass rush was like electric football. They were just hugging the guy in front of them. They weren't trying to get to the quarterback. Only Chris Jones pushed his guy with strength toward the quarterback to cause a little havoc. Every other rusher just stayed with the offensive lineman and were willing to stay close to the line of scrimmage, Kevin, because you know what their role was? To make Josh throw the ball. That's right. Make Buffalo's receivers in this weather. Diggs, who's not a primetime player, you know, he dropped passes. Guys dropped passes. Don't let Josh Allen run. Steve Spagnola changed things up. In the second half, the Chiefs have been great all season long. They do it again in the playoffs. Kevin, they're going to do it in the next game. They're going to do it in the Super Bowl. Steve Spagnola will figure it out. The defense is good enough. And Andy Reid, sideline, you know what he said? Everything's positive. Everyone's trying to win the game and believes it's going to happen. This is like the 2019 Chiefs, Kevin, when they weren't the best team in the world but they went and won the Super Bowl because they said, why not us? They're not the cocky Chiefs right now. They're the humble Chiefs working together. Christmas Day is what cleansed them. They hit rock bottom, quit worrying about being the defending champions, and just said, why not us one game at a time? And, man, they are hard, hard out. They They are are so hard to beat, Kevin. (laughs) Look, Vegas makes – it's living off putting lines on you. I, I, how the Chiefs are a three-and-a-half-point underdog to the Ravens is beyond me. This team, this is, this is like when the Patriots were rolling and Tom Brady, like, are you serious? You're Patrick Mahomes versus Lamar Jackson and the Chiefs are the underdog? Okay, I'll take that. And, I, I mean, if you had to bet on a team to win the Super Bowl right now, it is the Chiefs. They've done it. They've been there, done that. 
They're really good. It doesn't mean they got to go play the game. They got to go play the games and win the games. Just look at the quarterbacks that are left for crying out loud. This isn't close. This isn't close. There's nothing there. There's nobody that's ever won anything left except Patrick Mahomes. And I, I just, man, I love the way they're playing. I, I love the way they're trying their best to take care of the ball, to not lose the game. Yes, they made mistakes. But I think that I said last week, Stan, and I'm going to stand by this, the winner of the Bills-Chiefs game is going to the Super Bowl. I don't think the Ravens are going to win this game. The Chiefs go play even a remotely clean game. They win it. I mean, you couldn't ask for more if you're going to go on the road than to go face Lamar Jackson. And the Chiefs defense, as you mentioned, if they just contain him in the pocket and make him throw the ball, what did he pass for, 160 yards last week? I mean, he's not getting to 200 passing. If the Chiefs just keep Lamar in the pocket, won't they get a couple of interceptions? I think Lamar Jackson, as a quarterback this year, deserves a lot of credit. But I do not think in a game situation against uh, the Kansas City Chiefs in a super AFC championship setting, I think Josh Allen is much more reliable than Lamar Jackson, uh, to put it in perspective. I, I, the team around Baltimore is better than around Buffalo. The head coach, Harbaugh, and the way they play is better. But the quarterbacking, Josh Allen scares the heck out of me. He can go win. I don't think of him as a loser. Like, Patrick Mahomes is going to beat you every time. I respect the heck that he can make plays running, passing, and everything else. I thought he got a little nervous at the end, and that affected him, so maybe I should ask questions. But Lamar Jackson, he, he they could have lost the game against Houston. Go back and watch the first half. Now, Lamar Jackson said something interesting, and I, I have to think about this. He said we were rusty. We were rusty in the first half, and we turned it on and played like ourselves. I think that was part of both San Francisco and Baltimore story this week. Getting that break isn't always a break for the team if you can't keep your edge. And so maybe that was part of the factor. But, uh, yeah, I think I, it's hard to bet against the Chiefs right now because they have the winning DNA. The coaching is off the charts, Kevin, uh, when you think about Andy Reid. I do think Baltimore's coach is really good. I think Harbaugh is a legitimate Super Bowl championship level. So this is going to be so intriguing for the NFL. It's better for the NFL that the game is in Baltimore because I think Baltimore needs every advantage it can get to try to say, hey, we're at home, we feel comfortable. But uh, Lamar Jackson, to me, is not reliable yet. And even in that game against Houston, things went well when everything went well, then Baltimore went overwhelmed them. But before that, I'm th go back, Houston was kicking a field goal yeah. at the half. The Houston Texans, Kevin, not Patrick Mahomes. Right. The Houston Texans were about ready to go in with a three-point lead at the half against Baltimore. So, yeah, I think that well, – if you ask me how this is all going to go down, I say, why not the Chiefs? You may not give them a better chance than Baltimore or San Francisco, but once you start looking at the quarterback and what it's going to take down the stretch when it comes winning time in the fourth quarter, who's going to play to the level that the Chiefs are? And their defense has become completely reliable. And the other thing is about this weekend, Kevin, that I thought was very notable, I want to say to the listeners, the NFL players – are like robots. They're machines, man. These guys, you could wake them up on at, at, at 2 in the morning and say, you got to start playing in 15 minutes, and they would go out and ball. I mean, these guys know how to play football. But playing with emotion and adrenaline and, and a, and a college-type of mentality, like this is a big game, Kevin, we really don't see it that much. These guys come out, and they are pros, and they just get to work and play at a high level week after week. What I thought was amazing is when I saw the Green Bay Packers play. 
when the Green Bay Packers were out there against San Francisco, the same thing against Dallas. Their bench was so engaged. They would make a tackle for two-yard gain, and you'd almost have to keep the players from stepping on the field that were over there watching. That doesn't happen. I mean, they were so engaged, and it was really a difference. If you see a team that really wants it and comes together with that focus, there can be a difference in the NFL, Kevin, when that team has it. And Green Bay brought that and almost beat the Niners, okay? The Chiefs were the second team behind Green Bay when I thought about having that focus and that togetherness. Did you see them flying around the field on the first drive of the game? Yeah, yeah Buffalo moved the ball down the field. But, man, the Chiefs, it just looked like these guys are engaged. And that is another difference right now. They're playing free and easy and confidently. And, Kevin, I know you love golf. And think about all the wins that Tiger Woods had, okay? Tiger played great golf. But how many times did you say in your analysis afterwards that the other guys around peed their pants down the stretch, okay? Because they got worried that Tiger Woods was coming after them. And Tiger may hit on the 16th and 17th hole two pars, not birdies, not eagles. And they're still peeing their pants thinking he's going to get me. He's going to get me. A lot of times, don't you think in those matches when Tiger won, it was more like the other dudes around him lost, didn't have the heart to win? Am I, am I correct on that thought process, yeah, Kevin? Sure. With yes. Tiger? Yes. Did, haven't I heard you say that? I mm-hmm. believe it. Mm-hmm. It's not just you and what you do because Tiger's awesome. But how the other people around you feel the pressure and start folding, that's a big issue the rest of the way, Kevin. The Kansas City Chiefs are not only good from head coach, the defensive coordinator, to Patrick Mahomes well, and the whole team, okay? The other teams are going to look over and go, oh, crap. And I think their deficiencies will help the Chiefs get over the hump as well. So well, this I, is a really nice setup for the Chiefs. It, it is. And people may laugh at this, but if the Chiefs win two games, I'm going to tell you, if they win their next two games, I'm going to say this is the best Chiefs team. I am because, look, everybody's so worried about Patrick Mahomes and the offense. They're like, oh, God, uh, it's almost like you forget. We have to go score on Kansas City's defense. It's not that easy to do. The Buffalo Bills at home scored seven points in the second half. That's it. That's it. You're not beating the Chiefs doing that. So you better find a way, and I don't think Baltimore gets to 20 this week. I don't. I I think the difference between Josh Allen and the Bills' offense and Lamar Jackson and the Ravens' offense is night and day. So I love this setup for the Chiefs. And I love their, hey, we're on the road. You know, this Grim Reaper thing that Mahomes has got going. Just go be that. Now, Stan, in just a moment, I want to ask you a little bit about college basketball because I know you had the K-State call on Saturday and the Big 12 is getting kind of interesting. But I want to remind everybody that Stan Weber is here and it's brought to you by Fry Orthodontics with 14 locations in the area. Online at fryorthodontics.com. Teeth love us. You will too. At Fry Orthodontics, your smile is just the start. The Finch Knife Company. Finch pocket knives keep life from getting dull. Log on to finchknifeco.com or visit Shields in Overland Park to see a great selection of wonderful pocket knives developed, designed right here in Kansas City. Finch Knife Co. Keep life from getting dull. And Great Life Golf, Stan, you and I got to play more golf this year. We got to get out. We got to play golf. GreatLifeKC.com is the website. They have clubs all over town, all over the state, and now all over the country. Over 50 courses are part of the Great Life chain. Give them a shout at 913 902-4552. If you'd like to join one of these monthly fee golf courses in the Kansas City area, and you can play more golf than you ever had this year with Great Life Golf. It will not be long, Stan, that we will be out there playing some golf in warm weather. We only have three football games left, but basketball's heating up. You had the K-State call on Saturday. Somehow the Wildcats are tied for first place in the Big 12. 
But the shocker in this league was KU losing again on the road at West Virginia. Now, it wasn't the meltdown that the UCF was game was for Kansas because in this game, West Virginia just made one three after another. I mean, it was almost a fluky shooting day. West Virginia was so good. But what is the alarm bell right now in Lawrence on the Jayhawks? And can somebody else in this league finish first other than KU? Usually when you listen to the last part of your question, I go quickly to KU's going to win the league. And I don't know why I'm not going there again. Houston is the team that could do it, but they already have two conference losses, Kevin. And this is all brand new to them to go through the rigor of the Big 12 Conference and play in tough environments like they're going to have to. So, you know, I I can say I believe in the coach, uh, but I am not going to sign off on Houston just because of reputation about what they did last year and what they might be in the near future. So after you you put Houston to the side, who else can you trust other than Bill Self? and KU, and the fact that they're going to find a way to win probably every game in Allen Fieldhouse, when you do it mathematically, that's what analytics are all about, just stepping back and looking at the math, and you go, well, if KU goes undefeated at home, they don't have to do much on the road to go win the conference. So I still think that Kansas is a team to bet on, but it is amazing to think five games into the season that only two teams have one loss right now. That really does surprise me. I thought Houston and Kansas would be 4-1 and one or 5-0, and oh, separating a little bit. The, the surprise teams like BYU, uh, that, that is a good surprise. But I thought, you know, the losses will mount on them. and They, not, they may not be better than a K-State or a Texas Tech. Let's just see. They're playing good basketball. But right now to see Houston have two losses and Kansas have two losses out of five games is really crazy. And if you wanted to be hopeful and say maybe this Kansas team is a little bit different, you know, they don't have the depth that they've had, Kevin. They're relying on their starters uh, to, to do a lot, and they're even trying to figure out who the fifth starter is. If you went and said, well, why would Kansas be susceptible to not winning the conference? You go, they lost to UCF in West Virginia. It's not like they lost to Oklahoma on the road and Baylor or Houston, right? I mean, they really did lose to teams that were thought to be on the lowest end of a 14-team conference. So maybe they're going to struggle a little bit more on the road you go back and watch a TCU game, you can make a case that TCU was the better team and they actually would have lost the game in Allen Fieldhouse. But, Kevin, you do this a lot. You cycle this through your mind. You're early and quick and summarizing for people. How can you not say Kansas is going to win the Big 12 again? I mean, I think they're going to. I think they get it together, but they're, they're, they're missing something. They're missing like a spark plug. They don't have the guy that just sparks them when they need it, when the game's on the line. And I, I think they'll find a way, and Furphy's obviously getting better, um, but I, it's just so strange to watch it this way. It is, and, and maybe... It's maybe, a guards game, Kevin. Yeah, what yeah. you're saying is it's a guards game, okay? Hunter Dickinson is the elite player in the Big 12, right? And Edie's the elite player in the country at Purdue. But when you watch Purdue in the NCAA tournament, do you just write them down like EZW? Or does every game get a little scary? Because you can't just keep winning the game, trying to get the ball to the big guy. And, yeah, I know he can shoot three-pointers and Hunter Dickinson can do those things, Kevin, but it's really hard to win in college basketball. It's almost like using your offhand. If you're a right-hander, you got to win with your left hand. In college basketball, it's easy for the guards to flow and make plays, hit three-point shots, get to the foul line, drive when necessary. You see what I'm saying? It's, 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 it's the old-school mentality. Give me a big guy and we're going to win. Remember Bill Self came here? with that high-low offense and pounding the ball inside and winning. 
That's what we thought was coming to Kansas, and it worked. But now we're in a whole new time in 2024 where it's easier when your guards are dominant. And right now, Kansas, like I said, doesn't have a lot of depth. They got their big guy who's the elite player, but teams can get around it by hitting some outside shots and using speed and fast breaks and those type of things. So I just think this is a different Kansas team. I don't think they can dictate as easily and say, we're going to go to our strength and you can do nothing about it. Because when your strength's with your big guy, there are ways to double team him and cause havoc and, and make it really hard for that guy to go win a game. And you know you can write him down for a double-double. Not that he's not a great player. It's just really hard to win basketball that way. And I think Kansas will have to figure it out. And there's no one better about making the team improve from mid-January to mid-March than Bill Self, right? I mean, that's a short period of time, snap of the fingers, and we'll be in the NCAA tournament play. But usually Bill Self finds a way to make guys better. And why wouldn't you rely on him more? And it's just such a grinder for everybody else. Because who can count on winning home games right now? Who do you think is reliable, Kevin, in the Big 12 at covering their home court? Who's not susceptible to having teams come in and win? It's Allen Fieldhouse way and above. And K-State fans are going to want to say, point out, Sam, don't forget, Jerome Tang's only lost one home game in his two seasons. So maybe K-State can be that place. Maybe Iowa State and the old Hilton Magic uh, with uh, you know a rowdy place like that. But it's going to be hard for people to put a glowing home record together the way the comp- competition is right now. And you know Kansas is going to have a great record at Allen Fieldhouse. It gives them such a mathematical advantage. Should be a lot of fun, Stan. You're awesome, man. Thank you so much for your time as always. we got three football games left. That's all. I know that makes you and I sad, but we're going to – we're going to get through this, buddy. This is going to be a great week. We can't wait for the championship games. And I speak for everyone that listens to podcasts. They can't thank you enough for coming on and, and lending your expertise, buddy. Thank you so much, as always. Uh, it's so much fun. Thanks for listening, everybody. And I got to mention one guy's name. You made a whole podcast without saying his name, and he deserves it right now. And that's Travis Kelsey. Kevin, that rest has helped him. I keep saying, what happens if Travis comes out and looks like the old Travis? We haven't thought about that with the Chiefs offense. So before I go, Travis started looking like Travis Kelsey again. And if that happens, watch out, other teams. The Chiefs offense might open itself right back up. And that rest really helped him, Kevin, with the Chiefs having nine days before they played this game. And then he didn't play the game before. He looked different to me in this game than he has all year. That's awesome. I thought you were going to say Jason Kelsey, upstaging a singer of some uh, fame. But that's good enough. A Kelsey's a Kelsey. Hey, hey, it's it's worth. Hey, we got to say Taylor Swift, right? No, no, I was trying not to. That just got our our ratings up, Kevin. Whoa! Hey, did you hear that podcast, KK Has Issues? They talked about Taylor Swift. Really? Yeah, you got to go listen to it. Taylor Swift and Jason Kelsey, and they were talking about the suite. You got to go listen to it. (laughs) Boom! Another 100,000 listeners for this podcast. That's awesome. Thank you, buddy. Have a great week, okay? Okay, take care. Let's go, Chiefs. All right, Stan Weber, the one and only. That is great stuff right there. And, yes, he worked her name in. We got that part done, and uh, we also got the Kelsey brothers in. Great stuff. Brought to you by North Kansas City Dental, online at nkcdental.com. Two locations, north of the river and Westwood, Kansas. Dr. Bill Bush can be your new dentist. He's the dentist of the Chiefs. He should be your dentist. nkcdental.com. MyPillow.com with the promo code KKHI. You ready to order up at MyPillow? Need some slippers? Need a new pillow? Looking for new bed sheets, towels? All kinds of great stuff at MyPillow.com and MyStore.com. Your promo code to save every time is KKHI. Same thing at Tickets for Less. You want to go to Baltimore? We might have some people in the audience thinking, you know what? 
I got a bunch of Southwest points. I'm just going to fly to Baltimore and see the AFC Championship game this week. Ticketsforless.com has those tickets, and of course they have Super Bowl tickets. Ticketsforless.com, your promo code, KKHI, saves you 5 to 15% off your order every single time, no matter what you're buying. You want to go to Allen Fieldhouse on Monday night, see Cincinnati at Kansas, ticketsforless.com, or any of the numerous concerts that will be in and around our area in 2024, it's ticketsforless.com. Now, we recognize there's an awful lot of stuff going on. It was a very busy weekend. A couple of other sports notes uh, before we get to the big news of Ron DeSantis pulling out of the race. Something crazy happened in golf. A player named Nick Dunlap on the PGA Tour, who is a, an amateur golfer at the University of Alabama, played in the tournament in Palm Springs this weekend at PGA West, La Quinta, and won the tournament. There's a viral video of the entire Alabama golf team on their team bus watching the end of this thing on TV when he sinks a five-foot putt to win the tournament, and they go absolutely crazy. An amateur won on the PGA Tour. That is just amazing. Remember the name Nick Dunlop. He's 20 years old, and there's a lot of people believe he's the next big thing. So golf does have more stars coming, no question about it, but it's just incredible to see an amateur win on the PGA Tour. We talked about college basketball, and we probably won't talk a lot of Mizzou going forward, but I, I can't be the only person that's just completely shocked that they're, they've become, in a, in a very short order in the last three weeks or so, just completely irrelevant. They're in 13th place in the SEC, and they just don't look like they're going to beat anybody. And I'm shocked because I thought Missouri had better parts than that. I love what Dennis Gates did in his first year. We know how great his recruiting is going for the future. I'm not down on the program, but I am sort of in shock that we're sitting here not even to February, and it looks like Missouri's season is cooked. That's a shocker. And Ron DeSantis pulling out of the race and endorsing Donald Trump is a good thing. Trump said yesterday that he's retiring the phrase de sanctimonious. Ron DeSantis should never have been in this race. And I know I got a lot of emails from a lot of you that love Ron DeSantis. And I love Ron DeSantis too, but this was not his time. And he made a terrible mistake getting into this race. All he had to do was stay out of it, sit back and say, I'm running Florida and live for another day. And say, I'm the once Trump is out of the way, I'll go run. Trying to beat Donald Trump has been a fool's errand for everyone. And if you believe Joe Biden got 82 million votes, I can't help you. Okay? That thing was rigged, whether it was cheated, whether we'd say the media rigged it, whether it was the ballot stuffing and the mail-in ballots and all that crap. I don't know what it was, but America did not want that man to be their president. That didn't happen. There's no way. Everybody comes after Trump and thinks they're the one that can unseat him. There's nothing derailing this guy. Okay, so that's kind of been the tone of this podcast for a while, and it's upset a lot of you. A lot of you like the other candidates. You don't think Trump can win. I understand your concerns. I'm frightened, too, that something will happen and he won't be able to win the general election. There was no stopping this guy. There was no reason for primaries. He's an incumbent president, essentially. And Ron DeSantis made a terrible mistake running in this race. He did. He should have sat back and waited four more years and the fact that he's out and has cleared the way is exactly what Vivek Ramaswamy predicted three weeks ago. If you saw the viral video of Vivek, he said, here's what's going to happen. The money's pouring into Nikki. They're going to try to do this for her. It's except money, 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 money. All the Democrats and all their donors are all going to support Nikki trying to get Trump out. It's all about Nikki Haley. And watch what will happen. Ron DeSantis will bail out of this thing, okay, and leave it a two-person race. So Nikki Haley has that lane. And then they'll try to win it that way, that DeSantis is part of the problem, that he's going to be in on this too. 
I'll be darned, everything Ramaswamy said was going to happen has just gone click, click, click. It has happened. So if you honestly want to know the truth, if if I I think if you were like Casey DeSantis, Ron DeSantis' wife, she probably knows that he's rooting for Haley to win. I think that's probably the case. Not politically, okay, but just because of all the anger and the feud and all the things that have been going on. My guess is if you really, really want to know the truth, Ron DeSantis is hoping that Nikki Haley could win some votes and win these primaries. Even though he has endorsed Donald Trump, he has to endorse Donald Trump. He has no future in this party. Nobody does. Nobody has a future in this party with presidential politics without supporting Trump. You just don't. You can't win the primary unless you're conservative. That's it. That's the bottom line. And it is on. Ron DeSantis is out. Hey, thanks so much for listening to the podcast. KKHI, tell your friends about it. If you can, hit the like, follow, or subscribe button. We're up to almost 60,000 subscribers to the podcast now. We love that. And we hope you enjoyed Stan Weber. What a fun week. Chiefs are in the AFC Championship game again. KKHI is here all week for you. Kevin Keatsman Has Issues has been presented by Roberts Robinson Chevrolet GMC and is produced by Crooked Tail Media. Please hit the like or follow button wherever you listen or give us a review. For premium content podcasts and weekly newsletter, join as a patron at kkhasissues.com for as little as $5 a month. Support all our sponsors and other conservative businesses at the kklist.com. This has been a production of Cricket Tail Media Incorporated.